The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Thanksgiving, and I wasn't sure I wanted to be certain that this is what God wanted me to talk about. I didn't want to assume that because it's Thanksgiving, you know, I was supposed to talk about Thanksgiving. But you see, I found out that that's what God wants me to talk about. Because God, heaven seeks true worshipers now more than ever before. And you cannot truly worship God if you don't have a heart of thanksgiving. Ingratitude separates between you and God. And you know, sometimes some people say to themselves, I'm not grateful or ungrateful. I'm just in the middle. But you have to be grateful for you to truly be a worshiper. Unless and until you appreciate God and consistently do so, your attitude toward him is not exactly what it ought to be, even if you think it is. So some people say, why would you say, you know, in all things give thanks? It's not because of the thing. In all things suggests that the thanksgiving has nothing to do with the thing. It's about the God who is in control of things. It's the heart that you have toward that God. Your attitude of mind toward that God. Some people just don't know how to give thanks. Some people don't even know how to say thank you. And some is probably because of their upbringing. Though I always say to people that I don't care what your upbringing is. If you have been a Christian for a while, you should now learn the things that you didn't know the bible is a full book it teaches you everything because god is involved in every area of your life i tell people that you can't serve god if you are not open to change christianity is the most dynamic thing god is consistently changing you from glory to glory change is so consistent with christianity that if you won't allow change in your life then there's something you have a major problem so God teaches, the Bible just, God engages his God every area of your life. It tells you when you sit with kings, put a knife to your throat. It tells you when you go to a certain place, sit at the back, let them bring you. You know, he tells you how to conduct yourself in a manner of speaking. So God engages every area of your life. I, I am amazed when people say Christianity is boring or when people feel the need to add something to make it interesting because God by himself is interesting and that's the truth. 
And I say this, it's true. I say this, not because that's what I'm expected to say, but it is because it is my experience. And I have been in this faith for a number of years. I don't want to tell you so that you will know how old I am. But <laughs> now, but the thing is this, I don't have everything I want. I failed God many times. But one thing I can say for certain is that he has been consistent through it all. I can tell you without a shadow of doubt, I'm not saying it just because it is written, but because it has also been my experience. I can make good boasts concerning this God. And that is the reality of our faith. So if you were not taught, you can allow yourself to learn from the word of God how to speak how to carry yourself, everything. God engages in every area of life. So I tell people, if you engage me and you talk carelessly, I'll give you a piece of my mind because you are supposed, except if you are an unbeliever or a young Christian. Because at some point, if you truly are a believer and you yield to the Holy Spirit, he makes you, he changes you so much that people wonder, ah, is this this person we used to know? God doesn't just walk with the outside. He walks from inside out. That's God. He's a total polisher. He finishes the work. One day, I went to a program, and we're coming out of the program. I saw this car driving towards me. I was walking to the um, parking lot to get my own car. And the car was so beautiful, bright red, brand new. So I was just thinking, what a pretty car. And then as I got near the car, the lady in the car wound down the window and she spoke to me. She, was, she looked so nice. Then she was asking me for directions. What came out of her mouth was so bad. The tenses were upside down. In three sentences, she had turned everything upside down. And I thought to myself, my goodness, why can't people just, why do people worry so much about the external and don't worry about, you know, the internal? Why? Okay, I've seen the beautiful can. She is well made up. She looks really nice. But when she spoke, I placed her where exactly she was, in spite of all those things I saw on the outside. God is so good that he won't allow you to be treated like that if you yield to him. He does a complete work from the inside out. So that you are polished inside and out. That's the power of our God. So we ought to yield ourselves to learning. The Holy Spirit is a powerful teacher. So God, when he said, even if you didn't know to give thanks, you learn it. Now, our God is big on being thanked. The Bible is replete with stories of how God responds to people who have an attitude of thanksgiving. The psalmist even goes as far as to speak of a voice of thanksgiving. God, when you want to give God, the God that sees our heart, not just hears our word. He wants your heart to be engaged when you say thank you. Not just for it to be a thoughtless sentence, something you just give him to say, okay, you want thank you, take it. He wants your entire being to be engaged. So he always checks the inside to actually determine the extent of the words that you speak. It was um, uh, um, Hannah who said, he's a God by whom all actions are weighed. When you say thank you, he weighs it. He checks your inside to ensure that your heart aligns with what you are saying on the outside. 
Now, I like one day, my, my pastor always says this, Pastor Share, he says in Yoruba that he taught me what thanksgiving is in Yoruba. Sometimes I like to hear things in other languages too because sometimes a native language is rich. So he said, he said, he made one sentence once. He says, That is, and he translates, he says, anyone who is given to deep consideration and thinking, you know, deep thinking will give thanks. Now, this is my point. The reason I don't forget it is because it aligns with my thoughts and my belief on thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is more than an attitude of mind that is tied to the circumstances of your life. Thanksgiving is not given to everyone. It is the product of deep thinking. Anyone that is not given to deep thinking and consideration is unable to be grateful. Is unable to be grateful. And I tell you the truth, you can't be a worshiper of this God. Because sometimes he seems to walk upside down. I tell people, I, I wish I could advise God. If he would ask my advice, then I would tell him that he can handle this matter a little differently. <laughs> but he has not asked my advice yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I can't help you to advise him. So he makes the decision to himself. Thanksgiving is a product of deep thinking. So some people are too shallow to understand about thanksgiving. They are so shallow. And sometimes you want to get upset with people that don't give thanks. But then you need to understand where they are coming from. Unless they see, they cannot thank. Until they receive, they cannot thank. They are not people that think very deeply. They don't give deep consideration to anything. So it is beyond them to understand the goodness of God and then accept it. You can't accept what you don't understand. If you find yourself in it, you didn't accept it. It's just happening around you. Praise the name of the Lord. God demands thanksgiving. It's an attitude of heart that God expects you to form. Thanksgiving is an act of deliberateness. It's not something that just happens off the cuff. You can start from there. But when you understand it, you will always think deeply and you will find that you are grateful if you are a deep thinker. You are just always grateful. <laughs> but God demands a grateful heart. And until I reverted my attitude and began to deal with him as I ought to and engage him, nothing would have happened. Who knows? Maybe the money would never have come. Thank God for his mercy that I came to my senses. Shola, I don't want to hear this story. <laughs> but so that's the move of God. He said we should... How? Approach him with what? With thanksgiving. And then with praise. Psalm 100 tells us all that story. Then the Bible tells us how God views ingratitude. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 18. I want us to, I want, I'd like us to see, to look at it in um, the New Living Translation. 
New Living Translation, Romans 1. I just want us to, because many times, you know, we overlook scripture and then um, when God is saying a lot in the, in the scriptures, Romans 1, I'm going to read from verse 18, and I want us to think through as we read. It says, but God shows his anger. But God, after talking about the goodness of God, it says, but God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Now, this is how he describes how these people get categorized into the group of people who suppress the truth in wickedness. They know the truth. These are people that know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world were created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. And if we are here, we are, there's no doubt that we have. In fact, if you only know that he's the God of all creation, that's enough revelation to change your life. When I saw this thing, my mind expanded. I, I, it, it hit me like when I saw the, the thing, the God of all creation. Uh, th that, I, that day, I was so excited. I, I jumped up from where I was. It changed everything. Just seeing it was revelation to me. It says, these people claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead, instead of worshipping the glorious ever-living God, they worshipped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. They traded the truth, of, the truth of God. And he goes on and he goes on. And he says in 28, since they thought it foolish to acknowledge him, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking. Ah, have I skipped? Did I skip the part where it talks about them being unthankful? Okay. Yes, they knew God, but they won't worship him as God. Now, you have to come to second service to hear the remaining because they say I have 10 minutes. And the Bible says they, they worship him as God. They don't worship him as God or even give him thanks. Unless and until you worship him as God, you really cannot thank him because God is, he appears so inconsistent sometimes that you almost want to believe that he's not a good God. Because of certain circumstances that he allows us to go through. The Bible speaks concerning David, the man whose heart was after God. In Psalm 103, David, because knowing the circumstances in which God operates in the life of a man sometimes, and understanding that sometimes they appear very contrary, David deliberately began to instruct all that is within him to exalt God. He started to speak to every fiber in his being and remind them that they had no choice but to praise God because of God's goodness. Because we have the tendency to forget every time God begins to deal in ways that we consider contradictory to who we have perceived him to be. So it takes a deliberateness 
We may not want to thank him sometimes, but because God compels us to, we really must learn, we must learn, make a habit of having a heart of gratitude. Which is why in the scripture we read, Paul says, now, thanks be to God. I do not believe that was such a wonderful day for Paul. If you read the whole text, it feels like that kind of thanksgiving that you say, hmm. Thanks be to God. He said, who always causes us to triumph? Suggesting when you triumph, it suggests that you have gone through a thing or two. He says, who always causes us to triumph? You know, in, in the New Living Translation, he says, thank God he has made us captives and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphal procession. Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. That's the key thing. That he has made you his captive. And there's something exciting about being his captive. Because when you become his captive, then you understand true liberty. Why? The price he paid to make you his captive. He paid a huge price to purchase you so that really you should be enslaved to him. Because he paid for you to buy you and I. Now, he paid a price that nobody can ever meet or even surpass. But when we now come to him as captives, he then sets us free. So that every captive enjoys liberty that they would enjoy nowhere else. And such liberty that can never be stolen from you except you yield it. It can never be stolen from you because for someone to take you captive, they would have to pay either the same price or higher to take you. And no one can pay that price. So except you yield yourself, thereby bringing yourself so low and making yourself less than the price he put on you, no one else can enslave you. The Bible tells us, you know they said 10 minutes, so I have to rush. So now the Bible tells us that even if it's only that, it's enough reason to thank him. What I like the most about this procession, as you're going from glory to glory and encountering all the things you encounter, the Bible says as you are going along, you are getting benefits. You take some wealth here. You take some peace here. You take some joy. There are so many benefits. Those benefits are enough to thank him. The man that said, now, thanks be to God, has gone through several experiences. I don't know the one that you think you are going through that is more than his own. In 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 8, this same Paul, he says, who is full of thanksgiving? He says, hmm. He says, brethren, we will not have you ignorant. That's it. I need to tell you these things so that happened to us. He says, we won't have you ignorant of the things that happened to us in Asia. We were pressed out of measure. That is, eh, life was so tough, so tough, there was no support. He said, we were pressed out of measure, above strength, in so much that we didn't even want to live again. You that you are not thanking God, which there's nobody in this Nigeria you still want to live. Everybody wants to live and live well. That's why I, worry, I wonder why we don't want to be careful to go to heaven. Because the way we like comfort, we, we won't like hell. There's no doubt about that. 
There's no the way we like comfort, we won't like hell. I know. So this man, he says, they were pressed out of measure. Yet he's full of thanks. In 2 Corinthians 4, verse 8, this same Paul says, at another time, describing another experience, he says, We are pressed on every side, not by the goodness of God, by what? We are, you people didn't put, we are pressed on every side by what? By troubles. But his rejoicing is that they were not crushed. It, is, it has nothing to do with what we are going through or not going through. He said they were so pressed that they were perplexed. That is, you know there are times when trouble hits you from left, right, and center. You'll be confused. How did I get here? If you haven't had that experience yet, eh, you haven't seen anything yet. You haven't seen anything. And you will be tested. He says they were pressed on all sides. They were perplexed, but they, did not, they were not driven to despair. The reason many of us give up is a lack of that attitude of thanksgiving. We don't have that heart of thanksgiving. In my darkest moments, when I begin to thank God, suddenly I just find myself smiling. Nothing has changed. I'm just excited. I'm just happy. And you will think everything has changed. It hasn't. He said, we were hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. The same Paul says in 2 Corinthians 7 and verse 5, <laughs> he says, when we came into Macedonia, our flesh had no rest. He said, we were troubled. On how many side? On how many side? Uh, 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 they didn't, okay, you, didn't, you don't come to church with the Bible. Okay, so you were troubled on how many side? Every, every side. Have you had that experience before? Very few of you were troubled on every side. Yet you cannot thank God. He said, inside, he said, on the outside were fightings. On the inside were fears. Some people will tell me, eh, you know, I did not have it. I was afraid. Eh? We are afraid, but we are going forward. Amen. And that's the story of life. I tell people, if you were an Israelite, yes, and they told you to walk in the middle, they've parted the Red Sea, go through it. Will you go? <laughs> yeah, and God is amazing. That's who God is. He can just make the water stand like a wall. But no, he raised the water to the heights. He raised it. Then he said, go through. <laughs> And if you know God, you will even be more scared because he can make the water come back. The only thing is that if he says you should go through, you will still come out on the other side. Yes. So, <laughs> that's, and that's what Paul was going through. So the fact that if they say, oh no, because I was afraid I couldn't go forward, I say, what's wrong with you? Can you just go forward, please? Who cares? Do you think I'm not afraid? You, you 
be going forward with his fear. When the devil is tired, he say, okay, leave this one. Let's focus on somebody else. <laughs> and that is the reality of our walk with God. You will never experience the fullness of those things and be able to testify like Paul without an attitude of thanksgiving toward God without a heart of thanksgiving toward God. The only people that are allowed to be without a heart of thanksgiving are people that haven't experienced God. And you know what? Everyone in that category can never get the fullness of what God planned for them because there are some doors that you need a heart of thanksgiving, a heart of gratitude to unlock. As we begin to close, don't worry, I only have one finally. Have you heard the story of men of God and finally? <laughs> I only have one finally, so I'm closing. <laughs> I want you to think very deeply. I want you to ask yourself, when they say it's Thanksgiving Day, it's just to remind you, to help you to remember to thank God. What attitude did you come to church with? Is it just another day to just dress up and come to church and just dance? Do you know how many people dance because they like dancing? What instigates your dancing? Are you thinking on him as you are dancing? What, what is pushing your body as your body moves? Is it coming from the inside out? When people look at you and they see you dancing, when as God is looking in your heart, the dancing that we are seeing is in the same measure as the heart that God is seeing. Don't insult God by saying you have come with dancing. You have come to give him thanks when your heart is far from him. For everyone that is not saved and comes with dancing, you are, in a way, attempting to insult God. He's not interested in that offering. He wants you before the offering. He wants a heart of gratitude. Unless and until you have that heart, you can't be a worshiper. Every worshiper has a heart of gratitude. You can't be a worshiper if you don't know this Jesus. It is tough to be thankful if you don't know him. Thanksgiving is an attitude of heart, not based on what you have or the good things happening around you, but on the fact that you know this God and that he's good even when he seems bad. I want us to begin to think very deeply. I know that I'm supposed to say all heads bowed, but I don't think there's really any reason for people to bow their heads because you want to come to Jesus. This morning, we are too grateful to him for anyone that may not have Jesus, if you truly are grateful to him, 
the one thing you can do is yield your life to him. He wants your life as an outward display of thanksgiving. For everyone that has Jesus in their lives, I want you to think very deeply and begin to appreciate him. Begin to appreciate him that you receive grace to be drawn and to be numbered amongst the beloved. If there's anyone here that is not saved today, God wants to move in your life and enable you to thank him that you may begin a new life with Jesus. Before the saints begin to thank God, if you're here and you're not born again, and today you want to be numbered among those that can really thank God, then today can be that day for you. If you're here and you're not saved yet, and you want Jesus in your life, this is your opportunity. This is your opportunity. Before the believers begin to thank God, this is your opportunity. If you are here and you are not yet saved and you want to give your life to Jesus Christ this morning, please signify by lifting your hands wherever you are. Don't be embarrassed about it. Today is one of those very special days when you can come to Jesus. If you are here, you are here for a purpose. If you are not yet saved, please give your life to Jesus Christ today. Just signify by lifting up your hands. They'll put a card in your hand maybe and then they'll tell you what to do next. Are you here and you are not born again? Please let today be that day. It always starts with an invitation to Jesus Christ. If you're putting up your hands, put it up clearly. Is there anyone that wants to accept Jesus Christ? Is there anyone here that wants to accept Jesus Christ into their life today? We are waiting. If you are that one person, signify clearly if you want him in your life. Clearly. Clearly. So that they know you want, you want Jesus in your life. Okay, the believers are going to pray now. I want you to talk to God as a Christian. I want you to thank him more than you have ever done before. If you never really thought deeply before you thank God, I want you to ask for grace to have an attitude of thanksgiving. To really appreciate God. To really appreciate him. Salvation, you cannot pay for it with money. Now let's begin to thank God. Begin to appreciate him this morning. Begin to appreciate him. Thank him. Are you thanking him? Are you thanking him? Okay. As we close, I want you to please rise. I'm coming down from the pulpit. You know, if you read through the Bible, every time it says, and the people began to praise God, it says they lifted up their voices. 
and they began to praise God. So I don't, when people will say they are thanking God or they are exalting him and they are quiet, it worries me. So you don't need help to lift up your voice. So if you appreciate him, I want you to lift up your voice and begin to thank him. Yes, thank him. Thank him. Thank him this morning. Appreciate him. Lift up your voices and appreciate him. Father, we thank you. We give you praise and glory, Lord. We thank you. We can never, ever, ever, ever thank you enough. Oh, Father, but from the depth of our beings, we say thank you, Father. From the bottom of our hearts, we thank you. How can we ever thank you enough? Honor and glory we give unto you, Lord. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Let's pray.